This is Star Coast, and this room sounds great. We're not much of pranksters, more like saying bad puns until we can't stand anymore. Well, so the thing is, is we always go to a mountain and we end up almost dying every time. I don't think I would have chosen that if I knew what I was doing. Oh, hello, everybody. How are you doing right now? Thank you for strapping on your headphones and folding your laundry and tuning into This Room Sounds Great. So if you will introduce each of yourselves what you do in the band, let's start there. My name is David, and I play the drums. And my name's Tom, and I play guitar and sing, and I also play a little bit of saxophone. And my name's Jim, and I play the bass and sing harmonies. Beautiful. What genre are you, gents? Oh, boy. <laughs> the two and the four. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess some people have called us under the umbrella of indie, but I think our influences are so all over the place. We're trying to stay open. Like if something comes out that's jazzy, we might go that direction. If it's more rock based, you know, we'll go that way or, or who knows. Just exploring anything that, yeah, I mean, as you should. As you absolutely should. So let's talk a little bit about how long have you guys been together? Have there been different iterations of the band? Yeah, so back in the day, I mean, we technically had the same band name, but really it wasn't until us three got together that this band really started being like seriously active and touring and going overseas and recording our own music and all that kind of stuff. So it's been about two years, two years and a few months, I think now. Yeah. Yeah. With one year on pause. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where was the band a year ago when the world stopped? Were you guys about <laughs> to launch a project? Were you starting a project? Uh, <laughs> Backpedal a little bit to summer of 2019. We had a little bit of traction going in the UK and some connections. So we did a DIY tour there and that went really, really well. So <laughs> essentially we were booking a follow-up tour to go in April. We were making the finishing touches, literally about to announce it. And then March came around and COVID hit and uh, we had to cancel it. So that's about where we were sitting before all this happened. We were getting ready to go, essentially. How do you think that's going to pick back up when we open back up? Was it literally on pause? They're going to say, great, let's redo this tour that we had planned on. Or do you think a lot of people have to go back a couple steps to gain traction again? Well, I was going to say, I think what's really interesting is we've tried to keep in touch best we can with all the other artists over there. And I think we're all clinging on to faith and hope in each other. And they've expressed, yes, when everything opens up again, let's do it. I can't wait to do it. So that's nice. Right. So at least everyone's ready to go for it. Rather than it being a reschedule, a lot of bands have had to go ahead and cancel. So we'll have to rebook, but everyone's ready to go. So have to make it happen. Right on. Yeah, I've, I've been curious to know if so many people have to either start from scratch or if everyone's been great about keeping those connections, because with all the artists to venue ratio, I imagine that some people are going to get lost in the shuffle. So I'm, I'm glad that you guys are being proactive about it. Right. You've mentioned your influences. Who are your influences? Oh, Who man. do you guys like dig it on? I think it depends on literally whatever time in our life, what's happening at that time. It's interesting. I think we've been through so many different things. I think there was a time where we were listening to like a lot of the Beatles and that was coming through or mm -hmm. a time when, you know, when we were touring the UK, like all those underground UK artists that we were listening to were influencing us and the bands we were seeing live. And I think it's really all over the place. Our setup is we have a record player. We try to go to like Vinyl Conflict or wherever we can <laughs> with our masks and we try to pick up <laughs> records to listen to. Like we study music together too. 
we'll listen to it for fun. But when we're together, we'll also sit down and really get into a record. I don't know. It's like phases. Uh, like right now, I'm listening to a lot of Toto, Steely ooh, Dan, ooh, and stuff like that. Lovely. Which is cool, you know. It's haven't listened to those records. Music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you say we a lot. I know that you guys have a band house at the moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For complete cohesion. You're yes. All under one roof. Yeah. That has got to be hilarious. Do you guys play pranks on each other? We play Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. It's got such a soothing tone to that one, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like our way of coming down. We're not much of pranksters. More like saying bad puns until yeah, we these, can't stand anymore. These two, they're really good with the puns. So <laughs> dad really jokes bad. already? Oh, for sure. Oh. Dad jokes before being dead. Yeah, laid <laughs> into it, yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, you mentioned that you've been to UK. Where else in the world have you been? And where in the world do they love you the most? Oh, man. It's mainly in terms of like our live shows. We've mainly just regional stuff and then the UK just because on a whim, we have a couple connections out there and some traction on some of our music out there. So we're like, you know what? Let's let's give it a shot. Let's follow it, you know? Yes. Right. Yes, mm -hmm. you have to. Well, let's take a little sneak peek listen so that everybody can get an idea of what Star Coast is like. I love this one. Woke up in bed alone. I laid down to check my phone. It's wrong. I know. Inside the world moves slow, we're too blind to see it go. We wait to grow with nothing to show. To move been featured somewhere for some reason that one has that sound that i've already heard it either promoting a movie or a festival it doesn't sound distinctly like someone else but we've talked about music like this before where you just feel like it's already a hit well, thank you thanks yeah, <laughs> just got that great track what do you guys do together to keep yourselves inspired and who's the main songwriter first I think it's really a collective. Oh. It's interesting to see how the songs have grown. Last night, we were all playing together. We have a practice space in our basement. I might play a chord progression. David may play like a drum part or Jim may play a bass line, something that starts it all. And then we just start formulating it together. Last night, we were like, let's change the key. Now let's change the time signature. Now let's, you know, so <laughs> it's really like a group effort, well, I think. I think listening is what music is about. When you're playing, it's all about listening to what else is going on. And like with that song, we just started playing. We had been playing something else. Literally. And I couldn't tell you how it happened, but we just started playing. 
and the song wrote itself the first time we played it. We knew when we were going to switch from a verse section to a chorus section, back to a verse, wow. to a bridge. It literally dropped out of thin air, which yeah, is just right. as freaky for us. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, as, it was wild. Because we were like, oh, well, I guess that's a song, isn't it? That happened yeah. last night with another song. Yeah, it did. I think that's the beauty of music for us, just playing. You'll be doing something and so focused on something, and then something comes out of thin air, and you're like, that's not mine. <laughs> that's yeah. not, You know what I mean? You it's become just conduits. You literally, just yeah. Like, yeah. flow right through me let's do this (laughs) right right to answer the other question i think that's what inspires us you know what i mean when that happens those moments it feels like more than just you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it's like bigger than yourself i think that's a quality we like to our music what do you guys do to keep yourselves inspired? Like they said, we play a lot of Minecraft together. <laughs> <laughs> it's We're true. all very creative. So anything we can like come together and make stuff or cooking, know, painting, like, anything. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. All the time cooking. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. also, dude, I was kind of chuckling from the like, we'll take these excursions as a band to kind of get away. Oh, right. That's what I was laughing at. And (laughs) Jim finds the coolest places that we can go to for like a weekend trip. Really? (laughs) What's one of the coolest you've been to in the last six, seven months? Well, recently you found the last place. Well, so the thing is, is we always go to a mountain and we end up almost dying every time. Right. So we went to one. What is it called? We went to Mount Rogers. Mount Rogers. And we almost got killed by a bear, which was kind of not great. So that was one time. And slipped off the mountain. We had slipped off the mountain. <laughs> Wearing dress shoes. Well. Oh my gosh. It's it's bad. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I have boots now, so no more dress shoes. They're made for hiking, aren't they? They are. And <laughs> he was a trooper. Yeah. But we went to another one the other weekend. Yeah. And we almost slipped off that mountain too, but that was in West Virginia. Yeah. There was still like snow and ice on the ground. Ooh, and yeah. We, yeah. Oh. Our and car got a little a little stuck in the ice. <laughs> yeah. I even forgot about that. I was up on a mountain many years ago with a former fiance and I looked down and there was a snake Mm-mm. and I accidentally pushed him out of the way to run. <laughs> oh, You're braver than me. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, your story. Oh yeah. I kicked a poisonous snake of hot mouth. It was in Virginia Beach. No, I pushed I was... my fiance out of the way. Oh. No, okay. it was a save myself. I just pushed <laughs> oh, him no. into the snake. <laughs> <laughs> just, just out of the way so I could run, we'll say. So, <laughs> that was not my finest moment of self survival. <laughs> okay, man, you got to live, you know. You don't have to be the fastest, you just can't be the slowest. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Watch out if you're hanging out with Reese and there's snakes around. She's going to push you off the mountain. (laughs) So I assume you guys have all been in other bands before. Have there ever been anywhere like the name was kind of cringy or you wrote some songs that you're kind of mortified by now as you've evolved and grown? Has anyone answered that question? Oh, yeah. Uh. Yeah, a lot of people that have high school bands. Well, I know Jim and I were in a band. We're brothers. And oh, okay. Yeah, in our first band, it was called Costume Party, but I was always influenced when I was younger by progressive music or like from the 70s or like indie music from the 90s, you know, kind of things like that. And I didn't really know what pop punk was. And we grew up in Virginia Beach, so coming onto that scene and, and nothing against that, but 
I heard a lot of that stuff. Not that like, there's anything wrong with that. Right. No, if it's done well. If it's, it's <laughs> great if it's done well. But, you know, in high school, we essentially tried to sarcastically write some of those songs, and they were pretty cringy. Honestly, I think that's probably the only thing I can think of. Starco's formed pretty quickly after that. And then when David joined, it was just like, boom, you know, we were doing it. So do you mostly write about experiences or where you'd like to go? Or are they mushy? Are they about having a good time? What's your messaging and your themes? I think it's been shifting a lot to whatever I'm feeling at the moment. What's interesting, some songs will come out and you don't realize the meaning until afterwards. Mm. Like the whole Believe in Love track, we feel it's really fitting with everyone having been struggling the last year or so. But we wrote that before COVID. It's interesting. Sometimes songs will take their meaning. We'll like write it. And then when we release it, the meaning becomes clearer to us, which is interesting. Well, and sometimes it's about perspective. Sometimes you can hear a song about heartbreak, but it's not necessarily romantic. It could be familial or it's about what sounds like love. It could be about achieving a goal instead of romantic love or whatever it might be. The songs are never usually romantic based. Not that there's anything wrong with a good love song. I mean, that's, you know, hey, that's great. I think it's more like bigger picture kind of stuff. If there's something I'm feeling or a way or a lot of like songs recently that lyrically themes have been coming out that are more introspective. The way I've dealt with this last year, personally, like how detaching yourself, it can be too hard sometimes to feel those things. I think we've all become ostriches in one form or another. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, I mean, really, it just depends on whatever inspires me. Like I'm saying right now, I don't write love songs, and then tomorrow, boom, I'm going to write one. So. Sure. <laughs> you know? sure. Now, how do you guys find the Richmond music scene? When it's thriving, when you're actually gigging, and what venues do you like to play? Do you find camaraderie amongst the bands? Do you find it accessible? Do you find it difficult? What's your play on the scene? I think connecting dots is really the name of the game in in any community. And if you can find the folks who are trying to connect the dots, and then you can bring your dots to it, and you can just make everything bigger. And when we were playing... We played a couple places here last January, and they were great shows. And we played a couple around Richmond, and we found that all the bands we played with were just really friendly, really happy to be there. And before COVID, everyone was just out to have a good time. I hope that sticks around. Me too. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. A lot of the bands here are very genuinely into the music aspect of it, which I think is really refreshing. Like a lot of the bands, they write because they love it, which is why we write, you know, because we just love music and, and love being able to connect with people. That's one really positive thing. I used to work at Sam Ash when we first moved up here. A lot of the musicians I meet that would come through, they're all so unique and very passionate about what they did. Just a trend I noticed as opposed to like, you know, some other cities we've been to. So uh, it's awesome. We love it. We're just fortunate to be up here and to be a part of it when all this is over. And well, right now even. (laughs) And where did you guys move from? From Virginia Beach. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right, right. We didn't have too much gas. (laughs) (laughs) When it hits E, that's our city. (laughs) That's where we're going to be. (laughs) What do you think is going to define success for you guys as a band? Or do each of you have different goals? Or do you think you know what you want to achieve as Star Coast? I think for us, success is just writing music that we believe in and staying open to talk to what David was saying to connecting those dots like I think music is one of the few things in this world that can truly bring people together in unexplainable ways because essentially you're bringing people together without even really using words it's just the sounds itself it's like this weird crazy fantastical thing and I think for us if we can connect those dots and bring as many people together as possible 
in a way where they are in harmony. <laughs> That's success to us and continuing to be open and writing music that we believe in and that people believe in. Writing music that is genuine and honest about us is the greatest achievement you can do because that means you're getting out of your own way and that means that your goal is just to make truthfully. It's interesting you say that. There was a jazz musician a few weeks ago. It was the first time I had ever heard this perspective, but he was talking about the band and he said that every member of the band serves the song first. And I had never really heard that before about the collaborative part of it, that there's a greater good versus someone wanting to shine or demonstrate who they are. But it sounds like you guys really have that down pat. I think you truly find your individuality when you're serving the group before yeah. yourself. You can surprise yourself. You go, oh, I didn't know I could play that. Or Absolutely. you'll look back and you'll go, well, I don't think I would have chosen that if I knew what I was doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so true. I think that perspective is very much how we operate. Technically, that we could go into, a couple of us come from like a jazz background, so like applying a lot of theory and technical knowledge can be fun, but we'll serve whatever the song is. For instance, Believe in Love. I mean, that's a very simple yeah. song for, yeah. for us. But, you know, it was meant to be that way. It's not meant to have crazy scale runs or arpeggios. It's a bop. <laughs> so I'm going to have each of you tell me what instrument you started on and when. So I actually started on guitar. God, what year was that? <laughs> I think like 09. This has been a while, but I switched over to bass once Starcos really started going. Yeah. I started on guitar too, although I think for me, I didn't really take guitar seriously until I started playing saxophone. I never really had like formal lessons with guitar, but like saxophone, playing that through school, through like jazz programs and stuff, that gave me an understanding of, oh, this is probably stuff I should apply to guitar too. And then I guess those instruments both probably, God, like probably like 12, 11, 12 years ago. We call those transferable skills. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have you heard of James Saxmo Gates? No. You'll have to watch some of our old Chaco Session shows from the last year. James Saxmo Gates, I think they call him the human lung. I mean, the man can... Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> he can play. Oh, man. Okay. He's been doing it a very long time. He's incredible. Man. Okay. I'll have to mm -hmm. check that He's out. He's right here in Richmond. Before we leave, uh, I want to get more information on where to find him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I started on piano. So my madre was a piano and a music teacher. Mm-hmm. She's my music teacher, too. Yeah. Aww, <laughs> yeah. Cute. She was like a player, man. She was a Berkeley alumni. Berkeley School of Music? Yeah, wow. so she was a jazz guitarist. So, and both of my parents were musicians. So, when I was young, my mom was like, okay, here are scales. So, piano was first, and then I wanted something louder. So, I got drums. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. And she was so happy. Well, they needed a drummer, actually. So, they were like, yeah, sure. And I started playing with them, so... Were you the Partridge family? <laughs> That's what people called us, but I didn't know what that was, you know. <laughs> How did you guys come up with the name Star Coast? So the first night doing the first demo that was ever done under the name Star Coast, I sat down and like just recorded something. It was a really bad recording, but there was just like a quality to it. And I was like, that's something different. Like that makes me feel something. And so we used to live right at the oceanfront on 16th Street. So I walked past all the buildings and past all the noise and stuff of, of the oceanfront. I laid out on the beach and I'd never seen a shooting star. And there was a meteor shower that night. And so there were like literally 80 shooting stars. And I was right by the beach and I was like, this is how I want people to feel when they hear our music. 
this kind of like something greater than you. And it's like Star Coast. It was right there. Oh, that's dreamy. That's incredible. I feel like that's been the whole experience of the band. Whenever the world will present itself with an opportunity or an idea for us, I'm like, okay, I guess we're doing that now. So. <laughs> it sounds like you guys are open, which is lovely. It doesn't sound right. like anybody just, you know, has so much ego that they're saying this is the way it's going to be. And that's a lovely dynamic to have especially the camaraderie that you have. I mean, I know you guys are brothers, um, but living together, and I've talked about this with other bands, the beauty is if you do happen to run into discord or you get stuck or something, you have that foundation of loving each other and having respect, so you assume oh, yeah, the best. Exactly. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. So that it's you know not a matter of ego or aspiration. It's just, hey, hey, let's get back to us. Let's get back to what we do. And that's something not to take for granted. Well, it's communication, isn't it? If you have that foundation, but then on top of that, you can openly talk. Anytime you can openly talk and you can openly listen, you can solve anything. Definitely. And I think what's really cool with this band is having that loving foundation. All three of us are very different communicators, I think. You know, if we get into a conversation where we're like, I feel this way about this, and the other person's like, well, I feel this way, then we talk about it. It makes us so much tighter. It's so cool. We'll get into, like, intense conversations and afterwards be closer than ever just because we're, like, learning each other's ways. Because everyone has different ways. Right. Sure. You know? Right. It's so cool. That's why I feel like, you know, all three of us are, like, brothers. I can't talk that way with anyone else. Like, I can't get on that level. Mm-hmm. It's true. There's a lot of love. I feel the love. <laughs> For each of you, what has been your favorite performance so far? So I'm going to steal the one from the English Lounge. Okay, okay. Because that was just so cool. We did a show at the Pier Hat in Manchester. Our gig fell through. We were in a dingy van, and our tour manager was like, what do we do? So we got on Facebook, and we started finding these punk shows, and we would just walk into these punk shows. And one of them was in like a roller skating rink, on the top floor of this building and it was such a weird place but we marched right back to the green room and there were the edgiest people i think i've ever seen so nice we were like hey our gig fell through i said well we can't put you on here we already have like 12 bands or whatever it was but they were like hit this person up at this place it happened to be the pier hat so we went there they helped us get a show just the coolest people ever we play that show and then we go play an open mic later that night in this little pub. Well, the pub is called the English Lounge. And if you're in Manchester, definitely go there. They're super friendly. They had about five or six people in there. Tom, I think you started just running off some Elvis covers. And oh, cool. the Brits loved that. Yeah. People started flooding in from the streets. And we hung out until the wee hours of the morning. They were like just giving us free beers and stuff like that. It's really cool. Oh, you sure, know. sure. Hospitality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Room temperature beer, no less. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my favorite gig would also be on that same tour. It's funny. We had two of our nights that fell through. What causes a gig to fall through? Booking overseas and DIY, it's trying to get the promoters and the bands and the venues to all align properly. Sometimes they don't always communicate with each other. Exactly, exactly. So it could be you had a date booked and you get there, but they actually just have another band. Because, yep. oh. that's, that's what happens. Oh, my stars. Right, right. Yeah. It 
ended up working out in our favor, though, because the two shows that fell through, I think, were our best shows by far. Um, <laughs> we were in London, and that first show fell through. We ended up playing London again. We had booked another show. But at that time, we were like, well, what do we do? We still wanted to play a show. So we went down to Guildford. And there's this music store called Anderton's. There's this, like, goofy YouTube show. These two guys that, like, play guitar stuff. They have, like, a lot of views. And I was like, oh, this is the store. And so, like, I bought something for my pedal board. And we were just there and talking to some people. And we ended up going to some venues just for fun. I think the energy by Manchester, where we were like, let's find a gig, kind of came from that when we were in Guildford. And so we stopped in a couple places. And then we had our tour manager and Jim circling the venue in a car <laughs> and like <laughs> David and I run in and walk up all these like weird creaky staircases because it's in this like really old building and we like walk to the back where the stage was and we're just like hey we're this touring band from America our show fell through can you put us on and they were just like yeah okay yeah and immediately put us on that was like a almost like sold out show so we were like yes this is great you don't even have to care what the the genre or the vibe of the place is you just go in and the thing is I think we play to the room you know what I mean so like that night it was a lot of indie and like rock bands that's very much prevalent over there there have been nights when we played to some edgier crowds there have and yeah. it seemed like we'd hear the opening band or first two bands and we're going i don't know about this but then it's like we hop up there and for whatever reason i feel like even if there's like an edgier crowd sometimes they may like a reprieve yeah. you know yeah for sure and we bring the energy they're still like I feel like this is heavy, but there's harmonies, so I don't know what to do with this, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we don't get beer bottles thrown at us, or oh, no. we haven't had too many yet. I think I loved how spontaneous those right. two shows were. You know, it's like we made something out of nothing. They're always standouts, Jim. Those were some of my favorite shows, but since they already said, I'd have to say probably Poor Boys, our show there in uh, Richmond. That was, that was a really fun show. We packed the whole place, and a lot of our friends and family were able to come, which was really cool. And just everyone was, like, vibing and dancing and moving. And just the, the synergy, like, between the, the crowd and us with the music, the vibes were just great. There was one guy in front who was screaming, like, this feels awesome. We've done our job if we can get those good vibes out to people and brighten their day or make them feel good. Mm-hmm. So I heard you have the basement set up very particularly. You're using soul geometry so that the the microphone <laughs> is in the perfect position. Do you need to do that at all your gigs or is that just for the home studio? Just the studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's mainly for recordings of our actual songs. The basement is just our practice space. Like we don't record in there necessarily. There's a whole slew of issues that come with being in a tiny room like that. Initially, when you got here, we were talking about touching equipment. <laughs> right. And David said, I don't touch Tom's microphone at home. He uses soul geometry to get it right where it needs to be. So. You know, when you walk in and it's like four in the morning and Tom has everything chalked and like mapped on the walls of like with a compass measuring, it's like, okay. I just close the door and go upstairs. Like, I'm not messing with that. Well, well, to get our specific drums on, because we record, mix, and master all our own songs. So we took all of our gear and like our mics and everything to this temple down in, in Norfolk and there's this drum set. I was going to ask some instrument stories so this is the perfect segue. I've been trying to buy this drum set from this company that rents equipment down in Virginia Beach and they're super nice folks but I've been renting this drum set over and over again in hopes that eventually they will get annoyed with having to drive the drum set to my gigs and they'll just sell it to me. And I try to call the guy today for the actual show. So I'm still working on that. More on that later. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. 
but it's this sweet kit. But we went to this temple and like set it up on the stage. We were like, let's just go to a weird place and record. What's stopping us from doing that? And I think we've spent enough time in studios when we were younger. We were like, well, we've done that. Let's try doing it ourselves and learning. And Tom, you've really taken the reins and spent the hours on learning that stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think for me too, is recording in studio so much and people not quite getting the sound I was going for. Over the years, I was just like doing DIY recordings here and there until I kind of got a good enough knowledge. And drums are probably the most important thing. And the most difficult. Uh, and the most difficult, right. Because if your drum quality is not exactly where it needs to be, it's going to bleed through everything. And if you have great drum sounds and your guitars sound just okay, no one's going to notice, which is very uh, annoying as a guitarist. <laughs> but, it's, Tom, but, we call that humbling. Yes, that's a, that's a good word. You know, we didn't really like sampling our drum sounds because we like to make everything as live feeling and genuine as possible. Not saying samples are bad, but anyways, we went to that temple to get those big drum sounds. We recorded a drum kit to like John Bonham's specs with the big 26-inch bass drum and like all the just giant massive drums in this massive temple. And that way I was able to use a lot of the natural reverb. But it took a while because you think in a room like that, the way sound projects in all the directions it has to go, that's where the soul geometry comes in. A lot of measurements. <laughs> a lot of measurements. <laughs> Our rulers weren't big enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of soul geometry. Soul geometry. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Uh, and then, of course, sure. the hourglass sessions. Do you know about these? I'll have to give you information about that. So hourglass sessions are doing these on-site videos for bands now as well, oh, where wow. you pick a really unique venue and you perform, and they're putting it on their YouTube channel. That's probably good for the venues too, right? Because it's keeping well, some venues. It, it's not necessarily music venues, though. It can be oh. a brewery. It could be a clock shop. It could be. Oh, yeah. So, okay. so really thinking outside the box. Jonathan Facca used Main Street Train Station, which was incredible. That's which nice. would not be good for drums. No. But right. Right. Talk about acoustics in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that mm -hmm. would be nuts. Where do you see yourselves in five years? Hopefully touring absolutely everywhere we can. <laughs> yeah. I, that's been the toughest thing about this because we've still been very active as a band. I think we put out like four or five songs last year and did music videos for all of them and pushing our stuff and learning the ways of marketing. <laughs> I actually just jotted down really? who handles marketing and promo. And, you know, a lot of times when people are right brain and they're creative and they're making these beautiful things, we don't want to get to the point where we have to promote it and yeah. sit in front of a laptop and push feeds and images and so who handles that for you guys what i hope happens is that new bands that are starting right now i hope you guys try it try learning stuff that's maybe more than just your instrument obviously learn the instrument but don't be afraid i don't think it makes you any less of an artist to try to learn the business or learn pieces of it and if you absolutely hate it you know at least you've learned it and then you can give it to someone else you can trust Mm -hmm. And you can kind of understand some of the language, but all three of us do it. There are aspects of the marketing, I think, that's really exciting for us, too, just being able to learn how it all works. For us, it's been very important to learn every aspect of what we as a band need to do or every aspect of the industry in general. Like even if it's not something that we would have to do down the road, say it grows to a bigger size and we have a team and stuff. But I think it's good to know all those things so that you can really be involved in it. You know what I mean? And have an understanding of what's happening. So if things aren't going your way or if something happens, you can fix it. Or like for us with recording or something, we end up going into like a nicer studio and are working with someone that maybe 
doesn't know our sound, we know our sound enough to be able to implement those things. And same goes for like marketing. If say we were working with someone down the line and it was maybe not going the way image-wise we were looking for, you know, we have past experience doing that. Like, hey, what if we did it this way? To be part of that conversation. Right, yeah. Troubleshooting. I mean, learning any new skill, especially a job, it's one thing to say, I know how to do this from A to Z. And then the minute there's a hiccup or a hitch in the giddy up, what do I do? I only know how to do it when it goes right. Right. (laughs) So so it's good to know all of the facets. So if there's a little bit of a breakdown, you can say, well, let's start here and see if this changes things. Totally. (laughs) That's really smart. Now, do you guys still have to have day jobs at this point? Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Every one of you, your head hung just a little bit. I'm like, yes. (laughs) But obviously you're so dedicated that it made me think to ask. I love that this is such a focal point that's sort of back burner just for now. I think we've all arranged our lives so that everything points towards the band, which can get stressful sometimes. Mm -hmm. But we're together. You know, we have each other and it doesn't make it so bad. Are you guys going to get out and explore outdoor Richmond outside of Minecraft when the weather warms up? <laughs> yes, we have definitely. a little bit already. Yeah, yeah. We, we've done like a couple things here and there. <laughs> I feel like yeah. now you have this idea that we're just nerds, which we are, <laughs> which we definitely are. Yeah. I just hear the little music box music in my head when I see you now. <laughs> I have 18 nieces and nephews, oh, wow. many of which are Minecraft nuts. So <laughs> a lot of times if we video chat, they're doing their thing and Auntie Reese just gets a little bit of the conversation, but I hear that music box sound and they're like, look at this, I built a fire. Look at this, I made it this. I'm like, okay, (laughs) that's cool. Yeah, I think for us, it's just a way to calm down Mm because like when we're doing that, we have, I guess what I call like stream of consciousness conversations where we just say stuff and we're like laughing the whole time. And then something might come up that's kind of deep and we're like, whoa, like where did that come from? It's like our our therapy time with each other helps us like shut the brain down. I was just going to say, it's such an important part of turning the brain off, which is why a lot of people have shower ideas or driving ideas or walking ideas, because the minute your brain is doing something else and it's not straining, oh, it just the valve opens and creativity just bubbles right out. So you have clearly found the avenue that works for you guys. Who's the best (laughs) Minecraft player? I think we all have different styles. Are we going to talk about the world we're making (laughs) is this happening i never would have dreamed this would happen no i think we are so so basically we're on this world right now and we're kind of doing this like together thing like we're kind of all building castles and then we're gonna build the city an intentional community yes yes Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely but before that before that david built las vegas kind of essentially oh yeah i mean there's like casinos there's like all sorts of stuff and i'm over here not realizing what he's building and i'm building like the sacred temple (laughs) where it's like all farming communities everything is sustainably sourced we're like right next to each other we're like building pretty close you're building saints and sinners yeah yeah Yeah. exactly Mm -hmm. so we had to build uh like a a sand dune wall (laughs) (laughs) and so jim which one would you hang out in the las Las vegas or the temple well probably the temple but i just went far away and did something off in the desert he went (laughs) so far away that we couldn't find him don't let jim lie to you he had a condo in vegas yeah on the water (laughs) don't let him lie he was at the blackjack table every night yeah Uh classic jim arm in arm with someone on each side. That's uh-huh. right. His good luck charms, we know. So who's the quiet ones. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> now, when you guys play on Chaco Sessions Live, is it just the three of you? Do you have anybody else joining? Just the three of us. Yeah. It's really fun for us, actually. Like, 
I think like a lot of the arrangements are meant for like four or five people, but it's been really fun for us to see how far we can take it, filling up spots, making things happen that shouldn't happen, like singing a guitar part or like, I don't know, we'll like add sections, you know, where it's just drum and bass. Arranging is just the whole thing in and of itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so fun. And I think that's why there's such a difference between our recorded music and our live music because our live music is a lot more, I don't know if I'd say raw, but there's a lot more energy. It's definitely very accurate to the songs like performance wise. Like I have a special pedal I use that helps to expand the sound. Gear geek. (laughs) Gear geek. (laughs) All guitarists are that way, I think. We have our problems. (laughs) <laughs> it's also tough when you work at a music store. Mm. It's in my nature now, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we do a lot essentially to fill out the sound. It's just a lot more high energy, I think. And so is there anything special we need to know about your show? Yeah. So we're going to be doing a live art auction, and we're also going to be donating 100% of all of the tips uh, raised to Art on Wheels, which is a local Richmond nonprofit. And what do they do? So they build art kits for local communities and the disabled and the elderly. I just think it's great for like during this time, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're artonwheels.org, I assume. Something I similar. Think so, mm-hmm. yeah. Something to that nature. Oh, that's so generous. That's incredibly generous. I mean, we are doing what we're doing because we know this is a tough time for musicians. And so of course we want everybody to stuff the tip jar for you guys. But the fact that you want to give it to someone else more deserving is incredible. Not more deserving, but someone who's deserving. That's incredible. Thank you. You (laughs) You guys aren't deserving of this. (laughs) You sit around and play Minecraft. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Well, that's very generous. Thank you. Of course. You'll be playing for me and I can't wait. (laughs) Where can people go for more information until then? Instagram. Definitely Instagram. What is our Instagram, dude? It is starcoast.music, at starcoast.music. And we're also on Facebook. You can find our stuff on most of the regular platforms. We're on Bandcamp if you're supporting bands in that way. We're on Spotify and Apple Music. YouTube. YouTube, yeah. Instagram, I think, is where we post them. That's where we the live. Most current news about us. Screenshots of Minecraft. Screenshots of Minecraft. (laughs) Yes, yes. All our vegan dinners. It was an absolute pleasure meeting you. I can't wait to see you perform. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Seriously, we're so excited. We can't wait. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like us, follow us, and subscribe to us on all the usual suspects. And also be sure to tune in every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. to Shaco Sessions Live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. That's a wrap.